touch on prayer this morning. And um, I've heard a few prophetic words lately, and they are saying there is coming a transformation of prayer, that there is going to be a fresh awakening to the privilege and the power of prayer. And Vicky spoke last week um, that God is restoring to us what has been stolen, and I believe he is restoring prayer and releasing a new understanding and an ever-deepening desire within us to pray. My heart is open to receive this, and I'm sure many of yours are too. I hunger to go deeper and deeper in prayer, and I know from talking to many of you that that's your heart too. You're right. God has loved our faithfulness to pray at the level we know, but there is an increase coming and it's already here. So I encourage you to open, be open to receive this this morning. I want us to turn to Matthew um, <clears throat> chapter 6. Well known, you will know, all of you will know this. Whether you know the Lord or not, you will know this. Especially if you're around my age, you would have said it every morning at school in assembly. Who did pray the Lord's Prayer every morning at school in assembly? Oh, yeah, always a hymn and the Lord's Prayer. Verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then it goes on and it says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And <coughs> Malcolm has just shared the importance of forgiving those who have harmed us. Forgiveness isn't letting the perpetrator off the hook. Forgiveness is cutting ourselves free from the incident that, um, that happened. Forgiveness doesn't mean you trust someone again either. Just because we have forgiven them, we do not automatically trust them. People have to earn trust. Prayer isn't some mysterious thing, it is our hearts communing with God's heart. It's Holy Spirit in us, praying with the rest of the Trinity, the Father and the Son. Throughout the Gospels, we read how Jesus went away to a quiet place to pray to his Father. Prayer is holy. It's communion with God. As I said, it is the Holy Spirit within us communing, communing, the Trinity communing. When we turn to pray, we need to acknowledge this in our hearts. Prayer is holy. 
The disciples had noticed how Jesus prayed and they went to him and they said, please teach us to pray. And this is when he taught them the Lord's Prayer. Prayer is not about us going to our good, good father with a list of jobs for him to do today. And can I just say, please, thank you to everyone who prayed for me for the Wanganui's event, uh, the women's event in Wanganui on Friday night. God did exceedingly abundantly good in that place on Friday night. It was wonderful how God moved and touched people's hearts. So yeah, prayer isn't just giving God a list of jobs that we want him to do. It's holy. He is both the creator of the world and the lover of our souls. All we have to do to get into the place of prayer is to go boldly into that throne room of grace. So this prayer starts with our Father in heaven. God is not only majestic and holy, but he's also very personal and very loving. He is a father, our father in heaven. It doesn't say our judge in heaven. It says our father in heaven. And then it says, hallowed be your name. Wow, these few words are an honoring of God's name. When we start prayer with praise and worship, we are doing this. We worship until we know he is in the room. Now, we know through reading our Bibles that there is nowhere where God is not. But when we focus on him, when we praise him, when we worship him like we worshipped in here this morning, then you sense his presence. So it's different to knowing he's here. You sense it. And it's from this place of worship that you come and you connect your heart with God's heart and you pray, what's on your heart today, God? Not what's on my heart, not what's on my list of jobs. What's on your heart today, God? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh, yeah. Your kingdom come, your will be done, not my kingdom come, my will be done here, God. This is the culmination of the previous words. His kingdom, his holy reign, his will, not my will. To pray like this takes humility. We need to repent of asking God to conform to our will be done. And we don't need to tell him how to answer our prayers. You know, I just heard of this um, thing that happened, and oh, my dear friend, if you by any chance are listening to this, please forgive me for sharing your story. Um, this lady had a real burden. She was carrying an intercessory burden because she had heard that Russia was had all its army or a lot of its army lined up around this country which the name of the country has just escaped me, thank you, the Ukraine. And she was burdened and she was crying out to God for this. And she said to him, send a sandstorm so they have to go home. Well, God did send them home. Apparently they've left 
the Russian army, but they didn't send a sand storm. God had his own way. He doesn't need our advice on how to run the world. Does that stun you? He doesn't wake up in the morning. That's because he never goes to sleep. But he doesn't wake up in the morning and say, hmm, wonder what advice Jocelyn's got for me today. Oh, gosh, I wonder. I hope she knows the answer. No, church, I wake up in the morning and say, hmm, wonder what advice God's got for me. We can forget how great our God is. We can forget how holy he is. And for some silly reason, we seem to think he needs our help, how to solve problems. In that case, it would be what we think, not what he thinks. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And when we can truly grasp this truth, the cry of Jesus' heart in the garden of Gethsemane, not my will but yours, takes on so much more power. That's something for us to actually think and meditate on at some stage. You know, I am challenged by the prayers that are recorded in the Bible. They're all about kingdom, not about personal comfort. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. My gosh, if there's ever a prayer that challenges me, it's this one. A couple of the disciples have been arrested and they have been told that they are not to keep talking about Jesus and threatened. They will be arrested. They will be beaten. And I just have to find the scripture I'm looking for because I didn't write. Right, here we go. This is how they pray. Verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Hello? I don't know that I'd be praying that. I'd be saying, God, smote them. I rebuke them, beating me in the name of Jesus. They won't beat me in Jesus' name. Not these people because it was about kingdom come. It was about the word of God getting out there. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What a powerful prayer. That is kingdom come, praying. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I think Western Christianity has got pretty me-focused. Me, me, me. I know that's a generalisation, but I can I ask you, what are your prayers mainly um, focused on? You and yours or the kingdom of God? Ephesians 6, you will remember that. I spoke on it a few weeks ago, the whole armour of God. And at the end, now Paul's in chains here. And so he's not praying, 
Oh, pray for me to get out of these chains and for them to stop beating for me. Or pray for the rats to leave the jail. Please pray that I will have my needs met. No, no, no. This is what he asked. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Wow. Does it challenge you? Maybe not. Maybe your prayer life is a lot more kingdom-focused than mine can get sometimes. Prayer originates in the heart of God. Now, I don't know why God wants us to pray so he can move. If I was God, I wouldn't invite us to all be participating. I'd just do what I wanted to do. I wouldn't be thinking there. I wish someone had asked me what needs to be prayed here today. Praise God, I'm not God. Prayer originates in his heart. I think he sits and waits. You know, I've told you before how distracted I get when I set the time aside to really get into the presence of God and pray. You know, um, Friday morning, I was praying for the message for Friday night. So I sit down and quietly get into praise. And then I think, oh, I need to ring my daughter-in-law. So do I put that to the side? No, I pick up my phone and ring my daughter-in-law about something that could have been rung, she could have been rung about two weeks from now and it would have been all right. So the sun's shining. So I pull back the ranch slider and I pop out into the sun while I'm talking to her. While I'm in the sun, I happen to look down and the deck's disgusting. I think, oh my gosh, look at this deck. It needs sweeping. So I go away and I get the broom and the shovel, sweep the deck, pick it up, and then I see my pot plant has died. And I'm about to step down and get it, and a little voice says to me, what are you doing? And I thought, I wonder, what am I doing? So easily distracted. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. We have to be so focused, so diligent to get alone, take the time, ignore what's going on around us. But you know, I think God is so gracious, so patient. I think he just looks at the Father and says, she'll be back. She'll be back. We'll just wait a moment. She'll be back. Not excusing it. I'm just saying he doesn't slam us for it. What about us? Do we need to be disciplined and finally turn off the telly? Finally shut that book. Turn the devices off. Because prayer is such a privilege. It's huge. God who created the heavens and the earth says, come, spend time with me. That's to all of us. He says, I cried out to God before I was saved. Just because someone else told me um, that you could, cried out with a huge need I had at the time. He answered that prayer. And I want to say that this isn't a format, the Lord's Prayer. 
It's not like, right, if I pray this correctly, tick, 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 right now. This is what I want because I've done all this. It's not about that. This is a pattern to show us how to pray. Seek his heart and pray his heart back to him. Then we move on to, I wish I had like two hours to go through this prayer. I so love it. Give us this day our daily bread. He cares about us. He knows what we need. He knows what we need before we need it or before we know we need it. Ask him, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Ask him, put your cares onto him. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Hmm. Does that mean that he will only forgive us to the level that we are willing to forgive? I think it does, because if you go down to verse 14, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. We need to note that. Because sometimes we think we have a right to hold on to unforgiveness. They don't deserve forgiveness. Well, actually, I didn't deserve forgiveness either. I didn't deserve Jesus to go to the cross for me. You know, if you really can't forgive someone... And there have been occasions where I've struggled because of what had happened. And I'm sure, Malcolm, you struggled in some of the things that you've had to forgive. But what I have done is I have said to the Lord, I am choosing to forgive this person because your word tells me I must. You know my heart is not in that place. You know I really do not want to forgive them. You know I want you to smote them, let them know what they've done, give them a hiding. But I ask you to line my heart up with the choice that I have just made and God will do it. If you pray that prayer sincerely, God will do it and he will line your heart up. Think about Jesus on that cross. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Most people who hurt us, most people we need to forgive, do not have a clue the damage they have done to us. But the thing is, church, and this might be a newsflash to some of you, at the same time as you're forgiving people, there will be other people trying to forgive you. And you might sit here and say, but I haven't done anything. We don't always know. We don't always know when we've hurt someone. And then verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now God doesn't lead us into temptation. But we need him to help us 
not get into temptation. And we certainly need the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver us from evil and from the evil one. Because whether we believe it or not, there is an evil one. There is an evil one who is after our souls. You know, I love that new song we sang this morning where it said something about um, hell has lost another one or something like that. You know, isn't that powerful? When you gave your life to Jesus, hell lost one of its residents. Wow, powerful. So that is very, very brief teaching on what is a very vital part of the Christian, um, the Christian walk. But because of Malcolm's testimony, because so many people were praying for him and for his family, it was a good reminder of how vital and how important prayer is and how important and vital it is for our walk to get into the presence of God, to sit at his feet, to worship him, to love on him and um, just go boldly into that throne of grace. So, As I said at the beginning, I believe that there is an impartation of um, a fresh spirit of prayer that is coming. And I'm going to pray for God, the Holy Spirit to release that now. And if you would like that, then you open up your heart and you say an amen at the end. So the Holy Spirit knows that you want that. Father, I thank you for the promise you've given us through the prophets that there is a newer and deeper knowledge and understanding and impartation coming of prayer. And I pray for each and every one of us who is hungry for it, that Holy Spirit, you would release that into us this morning, that distractions would go, that power would come. I just thank you, Father, that you have done that. Holy Spirit, I, you know the hearts that want it. You know the hearts that are open. I ask that you minister to us now. And release that desire and that spirit of prayer that understanding of prayer, the understanding of the holiness of prayer, the understanding of the power of prayer, and the understanding of how essential prayer is for kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.